Hey everybody, you're listening to Bonus Features Podcast, a podcast about music in animation. Today we're going to be talking about something a little different. We're going to be talking about manga and famous manga cause, and they're all women. Just as it should be. But specifically, we're going to be talking about the all-female manga group Clamp and some of the songs that appear in their animated works. So stay tuned. We have a lot of bonus features for you today. We can talk about music now, if that's cool. Okay, that sounds fun. So, a little bit, little bit about this. Clamp was kind of the popular manga studio when I was first getting into anime in like 2000, you know, the 2000s, early 2000s. So, you know, Chobits, Subasa, XXXholic, all those were stuff that I was very much a fan of. But I mainly got into some of these through their animes. Um, specifically Angelic Layer, Chobits, and Cardcaptor Sakura were three shows that I loved and watched the heck out of. So I'm going to talk about some of the opening songs for these series. And Clamp typically has very poppy, um, very pop-centric openings. Occasionally they'll throw in like a rock ballad, but mostly it's, you know, J-pop. What song are we playing first, Medicine Pie? Okay, so the first song we're gonna be I'm gonna be talking about is the Chobits op- opening, which is extremely catchy and just so much fun. And it is repetitive, but it, the chorus is so good that it's like I don't care. But the song is called "Let Me Be With You," and it's by a pop group called Round Table. Listen to. Okay, so we just listened to Let Me Be With You by Round Table, which is a wonderful, wonderfully catchy pop song from the early 2000s. And I love that song just because if if you hear it once, you pretty much know the words to it. I know, like, all the words exactly, to it. Exactly, because it's got one chorus line that repeats so much, there's not a whole lot of let middle part with you. which is just great because it gets stuck in my head very often and it's great to go back and to. it was the first time they targeted an older male audience which is interesting because like the animation style and that song was just like very cutesy and that's weird for me to think that that was targeted towards an older male audience because it's it's a love story i mean it is there is fan service but First and foremost, it's, it's a love it story. Don't, it do not matter. It shouldn't matter. If there's fan service in it, it's targeted towards older males. They could they could have put fan service in Grave of the Fireflies, and it would have been targeted toward been. older male audience. Yes. Cool. That was Chobit's opening, What We Doing Next. So next is a song that uh, I listen to once a week at least. Um, That's healthy. But yeah, this is a song called Platinum by Maya Sakamoto. And uh, yeah. Is that how you're ending it? And um, yeah. 
How professional! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love Tokyo Mew Mew Power. Wow, cool! Hey, how about you never speak again? I apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was Platinum by Maya Sakamoto, and that is a very cute song that I love a lot because the chorus is so catchy. Okay, so briefly explain the basis of Card Captor Sakura. I all I know is that she looks like a little. Cute, sweetheart, sweetheart, maid, girl. So, card capture soccer. Wings. Okay. With you're wings. right. You're absolutely. You're not wrong at all. Yes. So, card capture soccer is kind of a story about this girl who discovers this book full of cards called cloud cards. One night, and she just drops them on the floor, and they end up flying through different parts of the world. So, like all the cards, like scatter and just fly out you know fly out kind of like so, Yu-Gi-Oh. kind of like that and kind of like the sacred jewel shards oh kind of like that mixed with Yu-Gi-Oh. actually damn i'm mad in new yogioh yeah in, in new yogioh <laughs> but yeah um neo yokio so basically <laughs> y'all ever seen neo yokio <laughs> talk about a masterpiece but basically she has to get them back so the whole the whole story of the show is her trying to get these cards back that have scattered everywhere and each card has a different power or something like one like the first card i think is like wind so she has to capture that card and she uses oh. her newfound magical powers to do so that's kind of cool yeah i like never knew the actual premise of the show yep i just would always see pictures and see that she was really cute with wings and she's got like this animal sidekick to her that kind of enters her into this kind of contract to get all these cards back but it's not like Madoka Magic or anything like that. Like it's it's it Good. stays consistently sweet. Good. Okay, so the last song that we're gonna play is "Be My Angel" from the anime Angelic Lair. Okay, that was Be My Angel by Inomo Atsuko. Tell us a little bit about why you like that song, Meta Senpai. Because it's kind of, once again, it's got like the catchiest chorus line ever, which Clamp always seems to have just the best pop song. It kind of reminded me of Cham, the group from Perfect Blue. <laughs> yeah, it's very Chamish because it's like a 90. It sounds, it's very 90s. Yes. Which is, I feel like most of their songs are 90s. Like, if you go back and listen to all their openings, it's all like, wow, this is just like 90s power pop and exactly like mm -hmm. Champ from Perfect Blue. Yeah. Okay. Explain the premise of the show to me in 10 words or less. It's a game for oh, you. Oh, God. This is, this a is game. miserable. This is my just worst start, nightmare. But just but like, just go. Don't think about it. So. That doesn't count. Okay. I won't count the words. So continue. Angelic Layer is about. Keep going. 
And Gentle Clayer is about battling dolls. Okay. And that's honestly the whole show. It's just about battling dolls. That's great. You did a great job with that. Like we little, should have a segment where we yeah. explain like explain the, explain, explain shows with like but like ten words or less. I, I think I could do that. We could do that. I'd have to think about it for three years. Or explain shows in a haiku. Okay. Yeah. That's no. No. Never. <laughs> that's so dumb. That's that's not dumb. That's that would be cool. I just don't have the. Patience or, patience or mental capacity yeah, to do no, that. Yeah, no, I'm good. But ten words or less, like, that's cool. That's a lot of, yeah. Battling dolls, kind of like Zatch Bell. Kind of like Zatch Bell. It's just like action figures that are more sentient than action figures, essentially. And they control them with their, you know, headset mind, and they just battle each other. It's really cool. I appreciated all of those three songs. Um, I wish we could play more music on the show, but, you know, copyright infringement. Anyway, I would say that I recommend checking out these shows, but then I would have to recommend them to myself because I have not watched Chobits or Angelic Lair or Cardcaptor Sakura. So I, I've convinced myself to watch them. Yes, I recommend... All three of them. <laughs> Chobis is slow, but it's a sweet love story. Angelic Layer is cool and a little more actiony than a good chunk of their shows. And Cardcaptor Soccer is just a good, just a good time. Literally the whole way through is I think fantastic. I'll probably, if I had to pick one, I would go with Cardcaptor just because it's the most accessible for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So Clamp is an all-female manga group that formed in the mid-1980s and began as a 11-member doujin circle in high school, and they began creating their own original works in 1987. Yeah, doujin's a weird word. It, you can also say doujinshi, but it's basically just amateur work. It's kind of like fan fiction, but in the manga realm. It's like if you drew a manga based on previously existing manga. They were this huge 11-member doujin circle. They all made, like, amateur fan fictions, but manga. By 1989, they had lost three members, so now they're down to seven. And then once again, in 1993, they lost three more members, leaving the four main uh, women who are currently still to this day in the group. They've been in this group for over 20 years well they've over, been, yeah. yeah, they've been in this group for a very long time, and they're still active. So tell us a little bit about the members. Okay, so they've got their leader, who is Nanase Okawa, who is kind of the storyboarder and director. And then you have three artists. You have Mokona, you have Subaki Nikoi, and then you have Satsuki Igarashi. And they kind of alternate roles depending on what they're working on at the time. Yeah, and we'll get into the specifics in a little bit. They've sold a ton of manga. Yes, by 2005, they already had 88 million copies in print and had already published 21 different works. And, like, when we talked about Coco and, like, how much money that movie made, like, it's hard to fathom, like, millions, but, like, 88 million is obviously a lot. These are <laughs> books, too. Yes. Just a lot of books. A lot of books. 
So as I stated previously, they had begun as teenagers in high school, and they produced doujin of a popular manga, Captain Tsubasa, which is a long-running soccer anime, which I'm not sure if it's still in serialization or not, but uh, yeah, they started doing that. And then they also, they also made a yaoi doujin of another popular manga called Saint Seiya. What's yaoi? Look here. Just Google it. Yeah, just know. Google yaoi. It is a uh, manga about same-sex partners, but often depicted in uh, it's... sexual situations. Yes, in between two boys. And they have really big hands. Do they? I did not know that. Actually, lo- look up yaoi hands. <laughs> don't, don't even look up yaoi. Look Can... up yaoi hands. That sounds like some someone's... That should be someone's band name. Yaoi hands. Hey, if anybody's trying to start a band... I play drums, and I can yell at you. So if anyone's willing, I'm a screamo artist. Come catch my noise set at Taps. So back back to Clamp. Clamp began work on their original manga, RG Veda. And it's just like the story features elements of Vedic mythology. And after they printed RG Veda, they were contracted by Japanese publishing company Shinshoken. RG Veda had had good readership and good sales for its first volume, and the company permitted them to create more volumes. It was initially expected to be a single story, and Shinshoken kind of kept threatening them, like, if the popularity drops or if the series begins to fail, you know, we're gonna cancel everything. And I think that the company probably was threatening Clamp, like the group, because it was a group of really young women. And, and it was mon- and manga at the time, still is, but was so competitive. Yeah, it was super competitive. And especially the women's like social status in Japan just was not. Yeah, it was a lot of like knowing what the little bit of knowledge I know about Japan. I know there's a lot of like maintaining like tradition and images and appearances. And so like seven women living together and creating manga was just really out of the ordinary, I feel like, for the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And I mean, none of them were like married or anything. So like, I just feel like that was probably really, really weird, a weird thing in Japan at the time. So in the early 90s, Clamp released many, many different mangas. Man of Many Faces, Duke Lion, Clamp School Defenders, Tokyo Babylon, Clamp School Detectives, and X. The manga is just called X. It's about uh, straight edge. In May 1996, Nakayoshi, a monthly shoujo publication, began to serialize Card Captor Sakura. Which is the goat? Which is the goat? I know that's probably the most popular. Yeah, I manga. think it, I think it's their most popular work. It's their most popular work, if I had to guess. And people who don't even watch anime or read manga have heard of and seen Cardcaptor Sakura. It's a lot of childhood, kind of like Sailor Moon. Yeah, it was there for your childhood. It was just there. No one knows what happened to it, but it was just there. Yeah. So apparently, Okoa particularly enjoyed working on Sakura more so than their previous works. 
Chobits was serialized in 2001 and was kind of the first time they targeted an older male audience. And following that, in 2003, they released XXXHolic and Subasa Reservoir Chronicles. Subasa was their first attempt at capturing a younger male audience, though their first shonen was actually Angelic Lair. I found this to be really interesting. Clamp made their first U.S. public debut at Anime Expo in 2006. It was pretty well received. The entire, their panel was sold out. Yeah, they had a 6,000 seat panel at Anime Expo and all 6,000 seats were filled and they had a waiting list. They killed it. It's pretty wild, especially since that was their first public debut in the U.S. And, you know, they're just all women, which is awesome. Which brings us to our, our next topic, their business model. Men, Men are, are trash. trash. That is their motto. If you go to their website, you'll see that at the top, it'll say "Men, men are trash." And, and that, it's in it's in bold, italicized, underlined text. But anyway, their business model was basically just this isn't their model, but. They all lived together in a kind of small house. They just lived there. They worked like 12-hour days. And to tell you a little bit about that, Satsuki makes the schedule and decides who works on what project and when. Once Okoa conceives a story, everyone in the group discusses the purpose of the story and the main characters. She drafts an outline and and she determines the end of the story basically like before anything else happens she already knows the ending of the story she also makes an outline of the major and minor characters the other three members create character designs and make profile sheets to avoid confusion in the future everything's already predetermined with these profiles they don't have any assistance because they are all powerful and they don't need to sleep and they don't need to eat. They just are machines, basically. Pretty much. But they feel like they don't need assistance because assistance would slow them down. That's kind of what they believe. So Okawa provides a rough draft for each chapter with details like the panel size, movement, dialogue, character emotions. There's a lot of stuff that goes into manga that we don't think about. I know this because I made a manga. All right, so if you go on Tumblr, mm-hmm. you'll find McQuell's manga. Yes. And it's about a totem pole mm-hmm. that gets transformed into a human. The other way around. Shoot. It's about a human that gets transformed into a totem pole and must be carried to the altar of hell. Yes, that's exactly what it's about. Yeah, look me up on Tumblr. Am I allowed to say hell? You already said it. But once you go to my Tumblr, you will see how nicely formatted all of my text bubbles are, my fonts, the movement in each panel. There's a lot that goes into creating. My Tumblr sucks. I'm lying. It's not good at all. I made it two years ago, and it sucks. I used to be Tumblr famous. Just thought I'd throw that out there. That's actually not a lie. We're going to have to fact check that. You don't remember when I was Tumblr famous? I don't know, but enough about Tumblr. So on average, each chapter that Clamp produced would take about 12 hours to storyboard. The script would take about eight hours. 
and the artwork would depend on the story. And I, I heard them say that like for XXX Holic, each a chapter would only take the artwork for each chapter would only take like a few hours. But then like for Subasa, the artwork for each chapter would take like a few days. Subasa is a lot of movement and action. And XXXHolic, A Slice of Life, which XXXHolic does have its moments with, like, smoke and, like, witchy stuff and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's just characters standing and talking, but Subasa is, like, all action most of the time. Yeah, and I bet they have, like, detailed backdrops and a lot of movement. and well, like... just, just a lot of character movements and stuff like that. And there's, like, special attacks that they draw in and it's, yeah... So that makes sense that each project's different. And I think that's awesome that they can vary. They can be so diverse in their artistic abilities. And I also like that those two kind of interchange or intertwine with each other story-wise, even yeah. though they're so different. So they, when they had done Holic and Subasa, they were being done at the same time because the story for those two series kind of intertwine with each other throughout various parts of the uh, story. Mm-hmm. Two completely different stories. But the main character in Holic has the ability to grant wishes, which is kind of what keeps the two kind of parallel with each other. Yeah, so the characters from Subasa go and visit the character in, in Holic to, you know, receive a wish to which she gives them a creature that allows them to communicate with each other so they can send each other stuff from their worlds and stuff like that. So when the people in Subasa visit a new world, they can send her something from that world. So it's so it kind of shows how yeah. it kind of goes back and forth with each volume of each manga. It's so cool that they took two of their mangas and interconnected. Which you them. don't see, yeah, like, ever. Like I can't that's think weird. of. I can't think of a instance. single one. Yeah, but that's really awesome. Good job, Clamp, for doing that. So now we're about to talk about just women in manga in general. So manga. Japanese comics, same thing. It's typically a male-dominated industry. Believe it or not, there are women creating manga out there. Believe it! Your average weave may not know this, but believe it. And there are a few famous mangaka that are women. Medicine Senpai, tell us a little bit about women. So we've got a couple of examples. I know you know about women. I know about women, y'all. We have a few examples of famous... Of, of women becoming famous in the mangaka world. The yet creator of Inuyasha and Ranma One Half, Rumiko Takahashi, is one of the earliest examples of that because she's been creating manga since the 70s. Like, Ranma One Half's been out since like mid 80s, and Inuyasha's an early 2000s work. Yeah, I know Ranma One Half is one of the like longest series in yeah. one of the most popular early manga series that was translated into English. Same with Lum. Lum was a very early 70s anime that she created. And she's just been steadily creating good stuff, you know, for so long. And I'm... So yeah, I love her a lot. She's awesome. She's awesome. We also have the creator of Sailor Moon, Naoko Takeuchi. And yeah, she's awesome. You know, she's, you you all know Sailor Moon. Yeah, and she's one of the richest people 
in Japan. Which is wild, like, because Sailor Moon is like... She was married to the guy who created Yu Yu Hakusho and other mangas. So the two of them, I don't know what their current status is. I would assume they're still married, but at one point in time, they were like the richest people in Japan. Because those are two of the most popular series in general in Japan and even in America. Yeah. As far as anime and manga is concerned. Definitely. And then you have the one of my all-time favorite favorites. You have Miss uh, Hiroshi Arakawa, who is the creator of Fullmetal Alchemist, which yeah. is a series that you all should know. I'm assuming everyone listening right now knows what Fullmetal Alchemist is, but I actually, it wasn't until like two weeks ago when my friend, we were talking about, there was this video on Twitter where this guy went up to a woman and he starts yelling at her and he goes, for a dollar, name a woman. And the woman was just like speechless. And then he kept shouting at her, for a dollar, name a woman. For a dollar, name a woman. For a dollar, name a woman. And she couldn't think of anyone. She could have said her own name, but she didn't say anything. She just, just couldn't name a woman. And so it was just like a, go- a joke on Twitter that like guys are like, oh, my favorite movie's Fight Club. Or like, oh, like Tarantino's my favorite director. Or like, and then it's always just like, can you just like name one woman? Like, so anyway, we were talking about manga. This guy that you know, Mata Senpai, I, I'm not gonna disrespect him on the air like I'll this. I'll disrespect him on the air. He he stands Neon Genesis Evangelion, if that gives you a hint as to who I'm talking about. He stands? He stands. Do you, stands. Like a stan. He can stand it? What the, what the frick does that mean? He stands. You know about stan culture. I don't, though. Do you listen to Eminem? I don't anymore, just for my own... Do you know the song Stan? The song is about him. I don't know. Stand by me. Yeah, that's it. Who, who, who do we know that is obsessed with Evangelion? Is that actually who we're talking about? Yes. Roasted. So he, we were talking about him, and we were just like... Can you please just name a woman? Like, he was like, oh, I haven't seen... He was talking about how much he, like, liked Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so... He was talking about how... This is the hugest tangent ever, but I don't care. Who cares? He was talking about how um, manga that's come out in the past few years, just... Or anime that's come out in the past few years, he hasn't liked. So, which, is, like, which is absolute... It's just like... Where you get why like what are you watching? I was like I asked him I was like what have you I was like what have you watched and he responded to me saying many things and I was just like okay so you've watched nothing good anyway there's so much good coming out right now like I I understand like like I grew up in like the anime boom Mm -hmm. but there there's and I have a whole huge bias towards that period of time like 2003 to 2008 I do too but. There's so much good stuff still coming out. Y'all, y'all just ain't watching it. So, name a woman. I found out that the point of the story is I found out like two weeks ago that the mangaka that created Full Metal Alchemist is a woman. Yes, I which a lot of which out. a lot of people just have no idea. Yeah, because she used a pen name. Yeah, she used a pen name. What was it again? It was Hiromu. Yeah, it so was she Hiromu. Used the pen name Hiromu, which is a more masculine version of her actual name, Hiroshi Arakawa. Shonen manga is very popular among young boys, so to avoid putting young boys off, because I don't, 
I don't know. You know how boys are. They're like, trash. Only good. She's a girl. Like, you know how they are. So to avoid putting them off, she used the pen name Hiromu, which is more masculine. And to this day, not many people know what she looks like because they often mistake the voice actor for the main character, Edward Elric. They mistake pictures of him as her. And he also stands in for her when she's unavailable. She's He's done that for her many times in the past. So people often just assume that because she's a famous mangaka, a really famous mangaka, that she is male and, you know, I just think that was really interesting. It's just funny because we talked about how Clamp, it took um, them so long to make in a public appearance. And I also I feel like that has a lot to do with them all being women and not really wanting their works that are shown in to be like prejudged. Yes. I thought I'd point out that the voice actress in the Japanese version of uh, Fullman Alchemist for Edward is a woman. I do believe so. So one of the voice actors it's not that voice actor, but there is a voice actor that people mistake for Hiroshi. That's crazy. Holy crap. No wonder. Okay, that makes sense. That's still, I'm still confused by that. But, like, you know, I think it's interesting that women have been known to write really great, compelling stories with male protagonists, like especially in manga. But um, I feel like the opposite of that, or... Yeah, the opposite of that doesn't ever happen. Like, you never, I never hear, like, a man writing, like, a really great shoujo. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I just can't think of a massively popular one off the top of my head. I think a lot of, like, there's some that have, like, great romantic elements, but not specifically. Yeah. You know, just it's uh, not like targeted toward. Um, yeah, like, it's women. not targeted towards women, which. Why not? Interesting. Makes you think. We kind of already talked about Rumiko Takahashi, but I'll just tell you, she's the creators of Ranma One Half and Inuyasha, and her works are popular all over the world. She has over 200 million copies in circulation. Her work has had a huge impact on the Western world, and most of it's been translated into English. And it's really well received despite cultural differences. She kind of bridged the gap there by being one of the first, you know, uh, manga artists to really make it big in America. Yeah, and she was nominated for entry into the Eisner Hall of Fame, and she was also listed by Comic Alliance in 2016 as deserving lifetime achievement recognition. And she was listed as one of 12 women, which is awesome. So back to Clamp. Back to Clamp. <laughs> so back to Clamp. Back to Clamp. They had a similar situation where they were kind of reluctant to show their faces on TV and sort of hid their identities from the public to avoid putting off any potential male audiences. So they generally avoided making public appearances and kind of keep themselves a mystery. Yeah, they were very mysterious, which is cool. I mean, I would probably, in that given situation, have done the same thing. Because we, we know what we know about Japan and weeb culture and idolization. They literally call their, like, they call their celebrities idols. So, un we don't exact, you know, you know. I know. I would keep my identity a secret, too, because people are crazy. Men are crazy. And if you're 
the creator of my favorite manga and you're a woman and I'm a weeb, that's just not a good combination. Like, I wish that they could have been more transparent and open, but you I don't know, blame them. I don't blame them at all. So I don't blame them one bit. This was a very interesting topic, and I'm glad we decided to do this. I'm glad we did too. I'm glad I, I had a good idea for once. You had, you've had other good ideas. Don't say, don't you say stuff like that. Don't you say that. We You're talked about Yoko Kano. We talked about this, this episode, Clamp, the all-female manga group. So I'm really proud of you for thank you so much being intersectional in your manga and anime selections. That makes Thanks, me really everybody. happy. So, for a dollar, name a woman. Amelia Earhart. What happened to her? Um, how, how you how you just go poof like that? That's messed up. Well, um, did well, she this, fly in your Bermuda? <laughs> this brings us to the end of our show for the week. I'm glad we got to talk about the all female manga group Clamp. And the their success and other other famous women in manga too. And the music that we listened to was really lovely. And I have to check out Card Captor Sakura. Please do. So it's on streaming sites. So streaming sites. You got it. Thank you all for tuning in this week. You have been listening to Bonus Features Podcast. I want to give a shout out to our multimedia directors, Luke Baker and George Wassel. I believe they're both graduating. Congratulations, y'all. That's awesome. I wish them the best. I've never met them, but they seem nice. They are nice. They're they're good people. Shout out to Garnet Media Group. Shout out to our music producer, Fellow. We wouldn't be here without you. And to everyone out there who keeps up with us and listens, thank you. Have a great night. Have a great day. Yes. Thank you all for listening. This has been Meta Senpai and Corduroy. Columbia. Hey, whoever put that billboard in five points that one time that said, around here it's y'all state, that shit was disrespectful. Just thought I'd let you know. It was an all-state billboard that said, y'all state.